fight where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today, Mike Rogie's back on the show. He's the owner and editor of Mountain Gazette, and I asked him to come on today to chat about the craziness going on over in mainstream media over the past couple of weeks, maybe break down what some of those folks could learn from the current state of outdoor media. Mike, welcome back to the show. I, I do need to let you know that you officially now joined Patio and the Rock Fight Four Timers Club. Well, thanks for having me, Colin. I guess Patio does not suck at coming on this podcast, so good for him. <laughs> wow. Like, to talk about just pa- Patty, just, you got to mail Rogie a check. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I'm very happy for you, Patty. Uh, I think it's one of the very few things we have in common. I will say this. The other thing that Patio is very good at is his best mustache in the game. All right, man. So the, let's 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 hop into. It. I know we got a lot to talk about. So the main reason I reached out is over the past few weeks, there's been some significant issues coming out of the media world. I mean, Sports Illustrated was the big one, kicking things off a few weeks ago. And Authentic Brands, who's an entity that's well known in outdoor brand circles and who licenses SI to the Arena Group, they effectively shuttered the operation. You know, a lot to talk about there alone. But then we saw layoffs from lots of different media organizations like the L.A. Times, Paramount, Condé Nast, among others, the Forbes Newsroom. Their their union from the newsroom is planning a walkout to protest perceived union busting. So it does seem a little bit like this is the continued evolution from maybe early days of the Internet when every news organization put up their product for free. And now the industry needs to get more savvy about how to charge for product. But we'll get into all that. I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. I kind of do want to start a bit in the outdoor world because my initial reaction to this, at least from an outdoor point of view, I feel like we've been through this a little bit already in the outdoor world. You know, big conglomerate coming in, gobbling up all of our verticals and sort of neutering them along the way. And then a resurgence of publications, both in print and digital, that are interesting and filling the void left behind. So I guess to start, as someone who owns one of those titles, I mean, does that theory hold water? I mean, what's your kind of general impressions, I guess, of all of this? Yeah, it holds holds water for sure. And I'd argue that we're not seeing a lot of success digitally, uh, which might be a controversial take, of course, but I'm not seeing what I would deem as like success uh, in 90% of digital media. Like they're measuring followers and downloads, like over at Mountain Gazette, we're measuring customer satisfaction and revenue. I think those are more important metrics. Um, But like magazines in the 90s and early 2000s, Digital's oversaturated, and the media landscape, sadly, is probably overdue for a bit of culling, which sucks because I don't want to see anything these things die. Like I think part of the beauty of the internet is the idea that everyone had a voice, you know. And I do think though that ultimately, like content is king, and the best content will rise to the top, and that medium is the message as well. Um, I, I do think that. A lot of the business models and media aren't adaptable or fast enough to keep up with technology changing. But here's the thing that we talked about before we started the pod. Media companies are not technology companies and technology companies are not media companies. Honestly, the best tech for a media company are Apple products. Why? Because iOS and all of their all of the things on, on their operating systems make it so incredibly easy in that ecosystem to make content. I'd, I'd always be wary of the technology companies where like, you know, Apple, you know, who's making the most on Apple podcasts, Apple. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, who's making the most on Apple news plus Apple, Apple, that, that kind of tells me that maybe, you know, those, those 
those things don't really mesh together. And I do think that's a thing is that uh, it's kind of like every basketball player wanted to be a rapper for a long time. And every rapper <laughs> wanted to be a basketball player. Remember master P used to go out and try out. Oh, for, like, yeah, basketball. Man. And it's cool. I get that dude. Every skier wants to be a surfer, you know, like we all have this identity crisis, but like when it comes to big business like this, like media companies are not technology companies, they're media companies. And the way you operate a media company is very different economically strategically emotionally uh it's how you run you know a different business so is is there a through line all these layoffs is is there a is there common ground with all of these places in terms of they all tried to make that leap it's like 20 years of like well for you know everybody didn't nobody knew any better 20 years ago they're just like let's put our stuff on the internet not thinking we should charge for it at the time that leads to all the kind of the snowball rolling down the hill is this just that? Is this that comeuppance that is finally like it's catching up with everybody because it's they, they're operating more in the technical and technology world, and they never really made the leap from being a you know a physical a physical item into a digital item. Well, I think the other thing too is like no, no, no. I think the other thing, Colin, is like people have always been chasing ad dollars, but the problem for media companies is what they need to realize is their core customers, the people that buy those things, whether it's at a newsstand or online or wherever. They don't buy those things because they love the ads. Right. You know, I'll go as far as to say that, like, some of our ad partners at Mountain Gazette have won awards because our ads are the size of billboards. But I think that, you know, like, we, we actually have final say on whether or not they can run their ads in our magazine because we want to fit the feel. We want them to respect our readers. There's no like goofy things in there. But I will say that, like, what's happening in mainstream media. And, you know, putting it towards outdoor media, you know, this has long been a part of the media landscape, right? Like every industry goes through good times and bad. I mean, to be fair, like I acquired Mountain Gazette, but I didn't like acquire it in like a boardroom. I bought it at a bar, like it was a dirt bike on Craigslist. So like, it's a little different, (laughs) but um, here's, here's some like basic stuff, right? And just before I I say this, I'm going to preface this, like, I am a kid from upstate New York, first in my family to go to college. I studied English because it was the thing I was best at. So it's not like I'm some economist with like all this backing. Like I'm just a regular dude. What? That we got to get a different business. guest on now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do. You do. You do. But like this is the thing that how the economy has always been presented in the United States is that it goes up and to the right with dips here and there, right? And one thing I see a lot in media, and this is obviously inspired by tech, is that people want their media company to grow really fast. And they have a really solid idea, um, you know, and they create a pitch deck and maybe they're good at sales. And what they kind of figure out, man, is that um, it's not that hard to raise money for a lot of people. And so they, what do they do? They go into raising a fuck ton of capital with no real idea of how it's a theoretical idea, sometimes an unproven one of how they will make that money back. And, you know, they have to scale that media business by seven to 10 X. I mean, that is just insane growth. I mean, we have doubled and tripled the size of Mountain Gazette year over year over the last four years. Like we're growing really quickly, but by tech standard, we would be a failed investment because we're not growing fast enough. Um, But one of the things I want to say is that's not how even good journalism works. You know, like, Good journalism, you got to call a few people, you have to think about it, you have to really put all the elements together that you can't just pull that together quickly. I mean, it's mm-hmm. why people are seeing chat GPT articles are pretty shitty. They can mimic them, 
Yeah. But just like a good, you know, an impression is not a person. Um, and, and just one final thought, I'm like really going for this full thing, man. But a good friend of mine that I ski with here in Tahoe, he worked for Pixar. He left Pixar. He founded a startup and later sold it to Apple. He's done startups. He sold startups for amounts of money that like, frankly, I can't even comprehend. But he said something interesting to me my first month in business at Mountain Gazette because I was like, oh, this guy would be a great advisor to me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Mike, I don't really have much advice I could offer you because I've never started a company that was profitable. Mm. And when you think about that, man, like the business model for that is he took on a ton of investment debt. He had a great idea. He tried to prove the business model. He proved it enough that he sold it to a bigger company. He cashed out and now he can do his thing regardless of where that company goes. You know, I think, man, we talk a lot in, in America, like you see this in mainstream media about balance the budget, balance the budget. The government yeah. is not for a for-profit business. That's not what the government's supposed to do. But what a lot of media companies and outdoor have done is they put on their pit vipers, they put on their suit, and they walk into a meeting thinking we're oh we're a technology company. <laughs> but dude, you can you can pretend to play that that you know all day long, but we know, dude, that's not what you are. You're a media company. Time and time again. I mean, that's it. And I think you just need to start realizing your media company and running your business like a media company, which means don't spend beyond your fucking means. It's like well, pretty goddamn simple. I, I look, this is that was my second reaction to all of this as someone who's kind of worked my career prior to doing this was at brands and consumer goods companies. And it's like just it felt familiar, right? It's just like, oh, layoffs, acquisitions, reductions, you know, people upset, you know, all those kinds of things. And I and I understand all this hitting at once is the main narrative behind this. When you hear about it, it's not just like, oh, the LA Times is having trouble or or even just the SI thing, which I'm sure we're going to dig into in a minute. But it's like it's all of it. But it's also it feels like is this a, is there is there an element of folks who've never gone through this before and the media side? And this is all because it just it doesn't seem to happen that frequently. Or, or am I just am I misreading that? You know, another thing I've read, too, is that like like content. I don't like that word, but it is a very good word for all encompassing yeah. of like podcasts, photos, art, whatever. like, you know, like we run writing, photography, and art. Right. You make audio content, content. podcasts, make episodes. No, I make you know content. I mean? like, I'm, in, I'm in the content all, game. We, I have to... No, no, no. But we all are. But I think if you think of content as like the making of media, right? One truth about the internet is that just because everyone can make media does not mean that it's all good. That in is fact, true. what's happened is that 99% of the media is really, really terrible. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that like you shouldn't – if you're like an artist, you shouldn't make your art. Like, dude, if you're an artist, make your art, share it. Like I'm all about that. But just because you make it and share it does not mean there's a market for it or it's going to be bought. And I think what it shows like if you want to be in the media game, I think step one is you have to respect your audience. And a lot of these media companies that I see that are laying off is like, they're going for advertorials, which mm-hmm. is like selling against the trust that your readers have in you, that your consumers have in you. But like, you know, I, I just think that the sky is not falling, but at the same time, distrust in the media is at an all time high. And I think in part, it's because of the tactics that are used both in mainstream media and niche media, like outdoor is like affiliate gear links like just like denigrating the trust that you have with your audience you know like selling your audience out to like the first person that comes along um you know i mean 
I don't know. I just think there's a lot of distrust and it takes, trust takes a long time. You know, it's not a quick hit. It does feel like, I don't know. I think this is, this is the continuation of, and I don't want to over simplify it. And I guess, cause the other thing about this is we are talking about the media and the stakes are different than, you know, someone mismanaging their company. And like, now we can't get that one product anymore. Right. I mean, we, we, the, the media is important. It kind of, it's the checks and balances of kind of our entire system. And especially your point about the lack of trust sort of kind of in everything, you know, a, a robust media feels like it's more important than perhaps ever. But it is this evolution that I keep coming coming back to. I think even if something like the movie industry, it's like, oh, my God, no one's going to watch movies anymore. It's like, well, no, at, at a movie theater. Like, no, they are. It's just I mean, it's not going to be like it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But there's still going to be reasons to go to a movie theater. You know, the brick and mortar like uh you know, we're going to all just yeah. order everything. It's like, no, brick and mortar comes back. Records. You no, know, the record and you know, vinyl is not what it was in 1986. But guess what? I have a record player. I love to go buy vinyl records and, and buy the, the bands I like. And there's, there's, a, there's a market for it. And I think what's okay, going to so change... And it, well, the, the choices seem to be growing, right? I mean, we've had... You're, you're a success story. You know, you got guys like, you know, with Casimir's doing an adventure journal. You know, the Trails Magazine. I got a thing from them today about, you know, got hey, get on board. We're, we're printing another magazine. You know, then you get the paywalled folks like the Escape Collective that have come out in the last year. You know, I pay for Puck. I know it's not an adventure uh, sports site, but like, I love the work they're doing. I'm happy to pay for that, even though it's a digital product. So I don't know. I just feel like this is just a continued evolution of, of all things. And I wonder how it's all going to shake out. So I'll say this, man, new media companies are popping up in like the space where these legacy media titles, like kind of took up for a long mm-hmm. time. And I'm just going to say this, man, this is like the larger thing. It encompasses everything. And you're a part of this too. Um, New media companies are not run by 50, you know, like 50 year executives, blah, 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 blah. I was going to say, be careful. I'm almost 50, you know? No, 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 no. I'm saying like, they're not like, I mean, you see these legacy media titles and like, they're doing like, let's pivot to video, an idea that died 20 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, good luck guys. Okay. Like, yeah, let's, let's go back to the well. But I mean, I'll tell you why there's so many successful new media companies. It's because our generation, Colin, and, you know, the generation that's coming after us are run by smart, seasoned, weathered journalists who have been in the shit of the Great Recession, the housing crisis, more than a few wars and international conflicts, a heroin epidemic, a fentanyl crisis, a housing shortage, and oh yeah, a global pandemic, and a (laughs) fuck ton of media companies closing down, not to mention whatever the hell's happened in American politics the last 20 years. In other words, this generation of new business owners and media owners are resilient. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. There's the silver lining. (laughs) And they're not unlike the media companies that popped out of the Great Depression and World War II. You know, these yeah. legacy media titles that we all love, they're frankly like they're dying and they weren't dying because the original owners like messed up. They, they were bought and sold and commoditized, whatever. And I'll tell you right now, like I, you and I talk about this, Ellsworth and I talk about this, Cade Creechko from Ori and I talk about this. Mm-hmm. None of us want a ping pong table in our conference room and like some big corporate point. We don't think that's cool. We want to have effective, meaningful communication with a real audience that gives us feedback and they care about what we're making and we're in a community, we're community building. And I think that's it. 
And what it is, it's like, dude, people want to deliver great content in print, vinyl, podcast, experiences. Yeah. Like, and they want to be paid a decent wage and have like a nice life. I think about the defector a lot. It's the guys from Deadspin. Right. Deadspin was bought and sold, bought and sold, ruined, laid up, blah, blah, blah. They all said, fuck it, left, started the defector. It's an employee owned sports and culture website. And they, I think they did like three or four million dollars last year. Everyone's been paid. Their contributors have been paid. You have to pay to comment on any of the articles, which I think is one of the most brilliant things ever, especially given like the controversial takes of Deadspin, you know? Right, right. And people are like, well, what about the defector? They don't even raise money. Dude, the defector is a profitable business that does not need to raise money. They are I they are insulated, they're protected. That business can run for a hundred years if they want to, because their audience trust them and i think that that's the biggest thing that people forget it's like you got to do the work you know it's not it's just not as easy i think to run a media company as people think it is you know yeah i'll I'll be honest just where we are even over here i mean you know your old company um i kind of look at what rock fight's gonna be is more of an entertainment company than a media company i think this particular show is more a commentary and kind of the authentic truth of like a space that I, you know, that I know a lot about. So that's what I want to focus on on this show. But I would say, you know, we're, we're not looking at it as like, we're building the next great media company that's going to take over the outdoor space. It's like, no, that's not, I don't think that I wouldn't want to do that. I think that's kind of like, let's do, you know, it, I have no idea exactly what it's going to become, but that's kind of how in my head, how, how I approach it. And it's just, you know, I guess it sounds like you're kind of optimistic, actually, when you look at where this oh, ultimately yeah. is going to go, because I, even totally. the uh, the New York Times, uh, there was a great, it was on one of those podcasts you and I were talking about, I think it was on Plain English, and Derek Thompson was talking about how in 2000, the New York Times was, I had like one point, it was over a billion dollars in revenue. And in 2020, like last year, it was like 500 million. And you'd think, oh my God, if you lost over 60% of your profits over 20 years, there's no way that company's in business anymore. But actually they're profitable. And it's because the revenue in 2000 was like 70% ad-driven. Ad, uh, ad and last year it was like 70% subscription-driven. And they just took it, they took the bull by the horns and figured out how to kind of pivot their business. And they've, look what they've added. I mean, I never would have, I never really thought of this until it was pointed out. You know, the, the wordles, the, the crossword puzzles, the, the recipes, all the things that now are synonymous with the New York Times that used to be just the big national newspaper. And I think that's a great success story. When you do look ahead at things, it sounds like you are optimistic about where we're going. I am because I think, um, I think when you watch people shoot themselves in the foot enough times, <laughs> You're like, well, I'm definitely not doing that. Right. You know, like I'm definitely not going to do a paid Instagram post every single day in October to try to capture Black Friday. I'm like, no, no way, dude. We're not doing any of that stuff. Are you kidding me? Like be right. a cartoonist that smokes a ton of pot and smokes and, and surfs on a great lake to like make cartoons for our Instagram feed to entertain our readers. You know, like. We pay one of your contributors, Kyle Frost, to write an entertaining newsletter on Thursday. And he goes, That's Mountain Gazette's I... Kyle Frost. I was told that's that's how we introduce yeah. him now, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But <laughs> uh, but I mean, like part of the reason why we liked Kyle is I thought he brought something different to our audience that Definitely. was credible. And, you know, Mike Powell and from the Powell movement, I just had this conversation on Monday mm -hmm. that was um 
he's considering, you know, something for, for his business. He didn't exactly share what it was, but I was like, you know, my way of deciding uh, businesses, if I was in a room with 20 of my most hardcore, like dedicated Mountain Gazette subscribers, could I actually over a beer justify this decision to them? And would they agree with me? Would they just, how would they treat, where would they be like, this is bullshit. And so when you're sitting there and you're like, Hey guys, so we're going to sell your personal information to a tobacco company. It's like, they'd be pretty pissed, dude. Why would you do that? Well, I need, it's a, it's a money grab. Like they don't, right. They don't want that, man. But I, I do think like, I, I just, I'm very optimistic because what I've seen since for the last four years, since, you know, I relaunched Mountain Gazette with our team is there's more media companies and they're not going away. That's what I think is cool. Like new media companies are popping up and whether I consume them or not, they're finding their audience, they're monetizing, you know, the fact that they speak to a core audience, however they're monetizing it and they seem to be doing okay. Yeah. And I think that's that's awesome. It's like there's I would argue there's more media companies being created than are going away. So that's that's a net positive. I think the other one is what is what is your brand? And I mean, like we're getting further and further away in this conversation from you know the through line of the mainstream stuff. I, mean, I, I want to bring it back to that, but you know, sure. what is the brand resonance? You know, if I click on an outdoor content generator, whether it's a website, you know, whether it's a person or an entity or whatever, and I just get the blank, you know, kind of bare bones Squarespace website, and like I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. You that that that's something we've learned, especially in the outdoor space, is that emotional resonance is incredibly important. I mean, it's imp- it's important with any brand. That's what a brand does is yeah. it drives emotional resonance. But if you can't do it on the outdoor side, you're really in trouble. I think journalists are finally brave enough to call themselves entrepreneurs. I know that like Chenard has made that like a dangerous word to say, like a reluctant entrepreneur. Bro, yeah, you yeah. just sold. You just you just gave away your multi-billion-dollar company to the environment. I hate to say it, you were a bit of an entrepreneur. Totally, you know, like. Um, but I, I think like the idea is like have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, like I like the fact that like we're also dedicated to dirtbag our way to sleeping on couches for free and getting free gear <laughs> and lift tickets and all that stuff. But the second it comes to maybe making a little bit of money, like for the value that. A media creators providing we're like oh no 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 that wouldn't be cool like it's like yeah dude well, like this industry was built on entrepreneurship and if you think that you, it's not that way because you you want to protect the flowers outside or whatever like that's part of it as well but making money is a crucial part to how this industry how we even got here so i'm working with utah state and their archive and we want to start launching Amazing, some history yeah. yeah some history kind of components uh in as starting as segments potentially its own show and so i had uh, chase over there sent me a whole bunch of like 30 digital copies of snooze from like the eighties and nineties and everything in there is, is, you know, the the new products and the new business and how are we going to make money from this? And I mean, it's a very entrepreneurial, you know, focused industry. It's why we're here. It's how it got to be a trillion dollars. I understand the larger con, you know, the construct of that trillion dollars and what it means, but to shun that, to kind of push it away and say, no, we can't be that. It's like, that's spitting in the face of your heritage. No, it's, it's look, I'm sorry. You can, you can take it up with capitalism. You don't like it. Uh, you could probably convince me maybe why I shouldn't like it too, but it's the reality that we live in. I don't know. I was brought home to a single wide mobile home with my parents. You know what I mean? Like I understand capitalism pretty goddamn well, you know, like yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we never went on a, we never went on a family, like four of us ski trip ever to this day. 
You know what I mean? Right. Like I understand really well. Like I wasn't like born into like some sort of family, but at the same time, what I've learned is that like capitalism is tough. Winners yeah. and losers is a, is a tough game to play in capitalism. It sucks. I don't judge our success based on the amount of money that Mountain Gazette generates. I account our success in every person that I've hired over the last four years still works for us at Mountain Gazette and is not making the same amount of money that they made when they started. You know, and that's not me. They're making more. Just to be very clear, I didn't like cut their budget. Like that, <laughs> that, was, that was a good. That was good to call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Now, yeah. See, like, I'm such a capitalist. I've cut everyone's wages. <laughs> but, Everyone uh, took a pay cut. Those, They're awesome. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, but I think of that. Like, we've invested in more pages in the magazine. We've invested in, frankly, like writers, photographers, and artists that I couldn't afford when we started 194 because. They were of an upper echelon of of talent, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I it's funny because we are jumping around. I I save this for later, but I mean, dude, we haven't said this publicly, but I'll tell you, you guys and your audience, like, we just turned down what I believe is the largest advertising, like per page, um, like deal that I've ever seen at any of the magazines I've worked for at Mountain Gazette. We did it early this year because short-term gain, it would have totally mm-hmm. offset some printing and shipping costs. It would have been so sick long-term. <laughs> I think it would have been a loss because we don't agree yeah. with the product. And it was a real conversation we had. And I'm not looking for anyone to pat me on the back. That's not what that's about. But I was, I, I will say this, you can't think that way when you are, whether, however you want to phrase the term, when you owe hundreds of millions of dollars to someone, you don't get to make that decision. You want to talk about the downfalls of capitalism? That's a downfall of capitalism. Yeah. Your yeah. job is to 7 or 10x your business so that your investors can get their money back. That is the purpose of your business, not your yep. mission. I don't care what their mission is. Mountain Gazette is owned entirely by my wife and I. And our mission is to make a good fucking magazine. And it shows because we're willing to take less money and, you know, we wanted to stick with the ad partners that like were supporting us when we were smart. And we told them, Hey, you don't have to match this. We just want to let you know, this is what happened. And I I guess what I'd say, man, is like, um, media is, (laughs) it's funny. I don't think it's hard, but that's because I love doing this. You know what I mean? Right. And we are getting into it, but like, I think what we do at Mountain Gazette, like cannot be replicated and it can't be because we're Mountain Gazette. Just like I couldn't start a podcast like Rock Fight. It would just be the second best version of Rock Fight. Like I couldn't do it. You guys are doing your own thing. No, but I mean like every, that's the thing is like, you got to know what your core values are in media. You got to stick to them. And you got to find an audience. And the fact of the matter is you might not find an audience and you might fail. No, but that's, that goes back to the brand point too, right? I yeah. can try to have a, a super, like an oversized, cool outdoor magazine that plays on like heritage and to touch. I mean, I mean, that everyone, everyone would just be like, oh, that's what, why are you trying to be like Mountain Gazette? Because they know what the brand is. You know, I think we've thought really carefully over the last six months of cultivating even this one to your point, like, 
well, it, you, you can, you can try. And like, you know, but it's also like we're, we really are thinking about how, what we want like this show and the, and the brand to be. So it's an important component of it. In addition to everything else you're mentioning on, on the media side and yeah, what you so actually like, make. We, we were talking about, you know, Adventure Journal, right? And so we get compared to Adventure Journal sometimes. And Steve and I would argue together that we're, we have similarities, but we're very, very different. Um, very different. I've been a subscriber to AJ since day one, and I know exactly where they are, who they are, what they do. And I re- respectfully defer to them on yeah. a lot of things that you'll never really see in Mountain Gazette, like recipes, like weekend ca- their weekend cabin stuff. Um, and when people only get two issues of Mountain Gazette per year, like we've told our customer service team, like, hey, if people want more copies of more issues of Mountain Gazette per year, Tell them to subscribe to Adventure Journal or Ori right. or Summit or Slush. Like we had someone that was like, how many snowboard articles do you run per year? And I was like, at most three. If you're looking for more snowboard content, subscribe to Slush. Pat Bridges is a friend of mine. He's here in Tahoe. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that's, to me, that's a healthy way of, of being. But that's what I mean. That's where it feels like it's going, right? I mean, I think historically it would have been, and, and like, not look, we, we've gone this far. We're recording for 30 minutes and we haven't said the name outside outwardly yet. But, you know, before all those got gobbled up by outside, it was like, there was like, okay, well, we need to have another vertical that's addressing this so we can have like this audience doing this kind of thing. And I think that that's sort of the benefit. And I'm not, I'm not taking any shots. I just think like that's, that's just kind of the way it was. And now... It's like, look, let capitalism, let capitalism do its thing in terms of profit and losses, make good content. And if there's an audience for it, they're going to find you because it's, it's easy to find stuff now too. So yeah, I guess, oh, go ahead. Here's my thing, Colin. I want, I do want to comment on that. Right. So, um, content is king. Yeah. Always has been, always will be. If you don't think that's true, I want everyone to close their eyes. It's listening to this right now. And imagine the photo of the nurse being kissed on Victory Day after World War II. You know exactly what that is. You know exactly what that is. You know what that is because it was on the cover of Life magazine. You know what I mean? Content is king. You don't know her name. You don't know anything, but you know that photo. You can picture it in your head. And I will say this. One thing you can't teach is taste. Like if you either have good taste or you don't. You can develop it better or you can't. And that's okay. I think the one thing that I know about me is that I've been in this outdoor writing business for 20 years, but I still wake up every single day, Colin, being like, I don't know anything. Like I need to go (laughs) out and like learn more. I have to figure out more. I have to listen to people more Mm -hmm. than I talk to people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to be curious about things. And I'm not going to lie. I think that's a secret to our success at Mountain Gazette is that we don't presume to know what our audience thinks because whatever our audience knows and thinks like that was six months ago, the world's changed. Their lives have changed. The weather's changed. The seasons have changed. Like everything's different. That's our, that's the way we do it. Like we're going to always be changing, but what's not going to change is our business model. We're not going to put our shit up for free. Like you have to pay for the things in mountain Gazette because the things yeah. that we put in mountain Gazette cost us money to get there, you know, and right. like paper costs, it costs money. There's, there's cost to all these things. We are kind of baking this into an economics pod and I regret I know, that. Right? So like, <laughs> but, but I will say like, you know, analog is having a revenge moment right now. And it's really, really sweet to be on that side. Uh, there were a bunch of digital media owners and C-suites that pointed and laughed 
at Jack White and Third Man Records when they started their vinyl thing. They're like, you guys are idiots. They're like, you could stream every single thing that's ever been made ever. Mm -hmm. But to round out this economics pod, I did a little research. This is data-driven podcast now. So this is from The Boardroom, which is Kevin Durant's media company, which I love. And they got this stat directly from Pandora, and it's all about streaming. It takes 300,000-plus streams of one song on Spotify for a label, an agency, and an artist to split $1,000. Now, to make that same amount of money selling vinyl records at a $25 profit per vinyl record, they have to sell 40. I could sell 40 (laughs) vinyl records at the brewery next door in an hour. Like, give me a break. And those customers, you know what it says? It says, you have two options here. Oh, you stream Taylor Swift? Sick. Spotify rap shows one day a year on Instagram that you like Taylor Swift. Neat. You know what else it does? Everyone else it. But if I go into your house, if I go to your house one day, dude, and we're having a cup of coffee, and I look at your record player, and you have a fucking vinyl 1989 Taylor Swift record sitting there, I'm going to be like, damn, Colin, I don't know anything about you. You're so different. This is so cool. Like, It's going to strike up a conversation. It's going to be totally cool. And you know what it's going to tell me? It's going to tell me that you have taste. It's going to tell me like you have – it might not be my taste, but you have taste. You're not this – We've argued about music online moment. already, so it's okay. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just think that's it. Like, you know, yeah. like, a- analog's got this thing going for right now. People are craving real world experiences. Like I like your podcast because I listen to it on my way to the ski hill. Like it's part of my routine. It's part of my ritual. And that's cool. You know, like some people like to drink whiskey and read Mountain Gazette, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And now like what I would like everyone, because, you know, Colin's reputation and his brand is very important to the rock fight. I'd like everyone to picture Colin in his spandex bike suit riding <laughs> to a vinyl cut in his house on a Peloton to Taylor Swift's 1989. There we go. I, I've, 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 I've <laughs> given up on, I, I do wear exclusively baggies. So you got to throw some, some baggy shorts on, but you can, uh, there you go. And I don't own a Peloton. I thought about it, but, uh, it just doesn't, you know, it's you okay. Know. It's, but it's I do nice think, like, dude, what people curate in their lives, yeah. whether it's physical goods or experiences or people, it really matters. And I think curation is about to come back with a full, full force. And that's what we're going to see with all these media companies that are dying. You know, like, listen, I I don't, I never, I hate the stories. I hate people losing their jobs. You never want to see any of that. And so, but at the same time, if this becomes the positive episode of a podcast among all the negative episodes about what's happening in media, I'm happy to claim that title by having Mike on. I think because it's, it's, if anything, it's just getting so much better for the consumer, right? So if you subscribe to, let's say in the, the old days, you subscribe to three magazines. Well, then you're getting, you know, 36 issues that how many of those are you actually reading every single one? They're sitting around, all that kind of thing. I love the fact that I can get a Mountain Gazette and AJ. And it's like, I get my kind of, I get the, the nice magazines, a lot of content. I can really dig into it. I, I can take a couple of months to read it if I want. I don't have to sit down and devour it before the next one shows up. And then on the day to day, yeah, I can go to Puck News. I can go online and kind of like, you know, fill my bucket. Like, oh, what's that about? What's happening over here? It's just the choices are incredible. And what's being proven out is that there are ways to make money at, at doing it no matter, as long as you have good brand, good content, you know, smart people who are producing, you know, it's kind of like house and days here, guys. You know, it's like, it's, it's getting, it's getting good. And as 
my grandfather so like lovingly told me when I was 12 years old, if you're a media company or you're a 12 year old me, don't write checks that your ass can't cash. So there's it. Okay, good. Let's, let's end on this. Cause I do, I do think we need to touch on it because I know that I think I heard about this where you posted about it, the whole SI situation, which was on the heels. I mean, authentic brands, like in the outdoor news, like uh, news cycle a lot lately, there was a whole thing with uh, Kalea Moniz uh, and what happened with her and Roxy. And then there was the Sperry acquisition, which I talked a bit about on an episode here in the rock fight. And then like three days later, you know, the whole we're shuttering SI thing uh, comes in. And it's definitely a part, like the SI story is a one of one compared to all these other media companies that we're talking about. But, you know, so, you know, it's basically shuttered at this point. I don't think it's going to be eternally you know, the, the, licen- the licensee, what was it? The arena group. So, so the rights are going to go back to authentic brands and they're going to do something with it, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, if I was in charge of the SI brand yeah. at authentic brands, I would resign. I'd question how I ended up there in the first place because... <laughs> Uh, that business is a licensing company and that title is a media company and they don't make sense together. No, what they should probably do is have sports illustrated snack stands at every minor league baseball stadium. They should squeeze every single penny out of the IP until it's worthless and people forget what it was worth. And if you're listening to this, you're like, Mike, that sounds terrible. Well, trust your judgment. That's how, that's how licensing companies work. If you want to know why you're sick of seeing Grateful Dead shit everywhere in the outdoor, yeah, don't blame TGR or Arcade Bells or anyone because you know what? Don't blame those companies because here's the thing. There are a lot of fans of those bands, that of that band in particular, that like buying that stuff. They love yeah. it. And like you wouldn't do it if it wasn't profitable. It's great. I think it fits with... TGR, I mean, Todd and Steve are the biggest deadheads I've ever met. Like, that makes so much sense for TGR. <laughs> but if you're really pissed off about it, like, hit up the licensing company. Make the license more exclusive. Maybe what you're sick of is how much you're seeing. Right. Go talk to the licensing company about that because that's what licensing companies do. Does SI even matter? And it was my first, I, I, we talked about magazines the first time you ever came on. And I think I said Ranger Rick was the first subscription I ever got. But after that, it was probably Sports Illustrated. You know, it was, I, I no, definitely dude, had I mean, Sports yeah, Illustrated. Does, 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 does SI matter today? I can't say. Yeah. But, you know, as a kid in New York State that roots <laughs> for the second tier baseball team, the Mets, the Yankees were on it every couple of months because they were a dynasty. They were winning. But when they put Mike Piazza, on the cover. Yeah. That meant a lot to me. That was a very exciting because it yeah, was your guy was on the cover of SI. Here's the thing is that SI SI never sold that cover. I think that's what's tough is they never sold it. They the only thing they guaranteed was they would put the champions. If you won the Super Bowl, you were on the cover of SI. Right. You won the Stanley Cup, SI. And so in all the other weeks of the year, you know, 46 plus weeks of the year, if you were on the cover, it meant that like the team you're rooting for was being validated by the greatest sports writer, writers in history, by the greatest mm. editors and designers in history. It mattered because what was cool was to have your, honestly, you have your fandom validated in that totally. way. Yeah, exactly. And I think like what happens now is like, I mean, good or bad, like there's so many, I'll use the New York Mets. There's so many New York Mets media outlets now. Yeah. Which I personally like because I like to listen to the minor league thing. I'm a baseball nerd. 
you know, and I listen to the minor league report. I don't listen to Barstool because I think I've, I'm 38 and I've aged out of Barstool. Yeah. But that said, but I know people that are probably 21 that like think bars. Finally, there's other Mets fans. They get that like me. To get su- yeah. They like to get super drunk and smoke weed in the parking lot of City Field. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm taking like two young boys to City Field and like being the old dad type. Like, let's bring our baseball gloves and catch a foul ball. Like those guys are like, let's smoke pot near the Tom Seaver statue. You know, like <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I, I do think like. I think, you know, it was weird for us at Mountain Gazette because when Sports Illustrated shut down, some of our audience, I'd say like a dozen or so people, were commenting on the story, let Mountain Gazette take over SI, let Mountain Gazette take over SI. But that's the thing is I'm not the right guy for that. There's probably someone out there that is the perfect person to run Sports Illustrated in like a responsible, ethical, like financially stable way. But like, that's not me. You know, I found my thing. I found Mountain Gazette. We, we can wrap it up, but any, any message for Kyle? You know, you want me to deliver when I talk to him tomorrow? Yes. Kyle, um, fantastic work so far. The Stanley article was came out. The Stanley article came out two Couldn't days before that SNL, made fun of, <laughs> SNL made fun of it. So, so thank you for that. And please file your TPS report. Yes. Get on that, Kyle. God damn it. He's so bad with the TPS yeah. reports. We don't even have TPS reports. I don't even know what it stands for. I don't think it's a real thing. I think Mike Judge made it up. Listen, man, thanks for coming on. We can definitely wrap it up there. Uh, this is going to run either Friday or Saturday. I think I think I'm going to give you the Hausman spot because he's in Hawaii this week, so you might have Saturday. It's kind of the primo spot on the schedule, so you know. Thank you. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try to sneak on before patio to get to be the first five timers club. So then I get to come on and give people the jacket. Every time. I, I legit might have a jacket made, even if it's like the cheapest piece of shit of all time, just because I think it'd be hilarious to send people who come on in the five timers club and get a get a jacket. Yeah, well, you know what? Let's let's end this pod where we started, which is with Patio and his new show on Outside. Here's what I want you to do. I have I don't subscribe to that service, but if you do and you listen to this podcast and you're listening to me right now, I want you to email Patty or email someone at Outside and tell them you like the show. Because that's how things keep getting made. Your silence is yeah. complacency and it's not cool. If you like things, positive reviews, throw some money. And if a media company is asking for donations, it's not NPR, tell them they should learn how to monetize their business. Yeah, they're the only ones kind of grandfathered into the, you know, we're going to ask you for money thing. Everybody else, like, figure it out. Yeah, just sell your content for the appropriate amount of money. It's not that hard. It's really not. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Be sure to follow The Rock Play wherever you're listening. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks again to my guest today, Mike Rogge. You can subscribe to Mountain Gazette by clicking the link in the show notes. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out is Krista Makes with The Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight!